very unfortunate timing today mm -hmm. because I learned about one of uh, my favorite actors and, and one of my um, best memories of working on Mass Day Lottery, Buddy Duress has passed away. You know, I took many measures earlier today to try and verify that this is legitimate because if you go online, there's nothing, there's nothing about this. Under his real name, Buddy Duress is a stage name. Um, there's nothing to be found. There's no obituary. It's very unusual. But I have come into evidence um, from his brother and friends and, and things of that sort, from people online as well, that this is indeed the case. And uh, when it comes to people like Buddy or people like our dear friend Kenny, it's very hard to uh, track these people down sometimes when they're living on the fringes. And Buddy was a complete character right out of the movies, almost one for one with uh, his best moments in many films that he starred in in 2016, 2017, 18. And... Uh, it was, a, it was a real surprise and pleasure to be able to get him for Mass State Lottery, to play dual roles in Mass State Lottery. And I will say there's a, there's a certain um, burden of responsibility now that I think I have his last performance. Yeah. So I, I got to make him look real fucking good in the movie. But it is uh, well, I've tragic. Seen, I've seen a couple of cuts, and he's very good in it. Like he's, It's a shame because he's very talented. It's just he just, I guess, couldn't get his shit clean i mean we we don't have to go into detail about that or speculate on that but uh it's it's really it's a damn shame he was a very talented guy very talented actor and um just very entertaining as a person so it, 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 i i said it when i posted the the thing on instagram with his photo that you know he had a sort of raw authenticity in the movie and that type of very energetic uh charismatic person is a rarity not just like in the film world but in in the city these days you know you don't get that old new york swagger that was so prominent in the late 20th century anymore really so he was kind of a remnant of that and uh i don't know man it sucks it fucking sucks he had a lot of do you promise think, do you think that the fact that he was in jail for so long is what kept him authentic um no i i i think uh that played a part clearly in establishing a lot of his identity but i don't think that's what made him i'm sure you know if you go back in time you meet a 12 year old buddy duress or something he's probably you're gonna see more shades of who he was as a man um you know regardless you know, I, I don't think jail played that big of a part, but I'm sure it, it really informed a lot of his um, character and decisions. Of course, how could it not? Especially when you spend so much time behind bars. That dude was yeah. coming in and out. Um, Were you able to get him for Omega Fish Court? No, no. Um, you know, I proposed the idea of having him in OFC and we decided not to go that route and to try and get some new fresh faces in the mix and I'm not there wasn't really even a role for him in there but the past year I'd say was a lot of me trying to get in touch with him but he'd jump phones he'd jump locations sometimes he'd be in jail sometimes he'd be out of jail and uh it was a very touch and go situation if you ever heard from buddy on the regular um 
you know, you were probably honestly up to no good, you know? So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to kind of, um, keep a consistent track and see what that kind of guy is up to because he's just on the move. He's everywhere. He's doing a lot of stuff, good and bad. So, right. Early thirties, right? I'm assuming. Uh, I think he was closer to your age. I think he was about 35, 36, 37. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have Austin, who is another actor from Mass State Lottery, hop in on this episode of Babang with us. Uh, Austin is, again, this is as far as I know, I don't think he had gotten up to any other acting since getting out of prison. I know for a while he was talking about doing a documentary with Stan. Stone head of uh, Sewer City TV, and that they had developed a little bit of a rapport and were talking about doing something. But, um, you know, shit happens and that fell through. And, you know, getting him for different periods of time on Mass State to play different characters, even that was kind of uh, an uphill battle at times. I remember the day before his last day of shooting on the film, he told me, Oh yeah, I'm actually in the hospital right now. My girlfriend stabbed me in the thigh. I was like, "Your girlfriend stabbed you in the thigh?" And that was just like that would be your typical buddy thoracic experience. So, um, yeah, he's living a very gummo existence. I think living on the fringes is a maybe more polite way to put it, not a gummo existence. Okay, well, that's not great. So- Sounds very gummo to me, where it's just like, oh, you know, she just sta- she's silly. She stabbed me with a fork. <laughs> it's a Monday, you know, oh, just another stabby Tuesday because I, I don't know, I touch her ass or something, you know. That that sucks. Uh, that sucks because he he was very talented. Um, are we confirming it? You were able to confirm it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was obviously very talented and, and for what I've heard of him, he was also a personality, which is not what you can say about most actors nowadays. And I think that's what, that's probably what gave him his on screen ability to the fact that he seemed to be so authentic as a mm-hmm. person that, that, uh, it came through the screen, very natural, very, very normal, very like not put on, uh, so even though, yeah, I've ne- I never met him or worked with him or was around, uh, the things that you've told me about him made him sound like a, yeah, like a very interesting person. Yeah, he was everything you could have wanted to hope for when meeting that type of guy after seeing him in Good Time, Heaven Knows What, and you know, all, all the other indie flicks that he wound up doing. And then you think about the fact that I think he was originally going to play a character in Uncut Gems, and he had a role lined up in... Obviously, this movie's kind of whatever, but the Pete Davidson, King of Staten Island movie. Like, he he had all these opportunities on his plate that got derailed because of um, living a life of crime, being a bank robber, going and robbing the the bank in Astoria, and then going to prison for a couple years for armed robbery. Well, at least... Actually, I think it was unarmed robbery. Excuse me. I don't think he he had a weapon on him. But he also suffered a, a pretty traumatic injury getting away from the police like people and i i we talked about this actually we have austin hopping in here hey austin how are you doing um, hey little Rose. hey hans good to see you guys hello good to see you welcome uh this is a different show you haven't been on before this show is called babang it's a sister program to movies so this is your first appearance on here 
Oh, different show, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is more just general, just talking. Um, I was just telling Hans a little bit about what happened when Buddy was fleeing from the the police after he robbed the bank. And it, we were talking about this a little too on the episode we did on Good Time back in 2022. But a lot of people said to Buddy, especially when we were shooting um, Mass State, like, oh, you know, it, what happened sounds exactly like what happened in the movie. You robbed the bank mm -hmm. and then you fell, which is like, that's the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. And many people are unaware of the fact that they got a lot of the ideas from his prison diaries for that movie, Good Time. So there's certainly certainly some credit to be distributed there. But uh, yeah, Austin, you, I mean, almost, I think all of his scenes had you in them minus maybe one you know you you did most of the acting with him you were uh in three or four scenes with him playing your brother um as far as i'm aware i think you're the last person to act with him on screen that's a pretty big deal i'd say so yeah it's it's kind of surreal and uh weird yeah. The whole thing is weird. I have people yeah. blowing up my phone like, what the fuck? Because there's, there's nothing online anywhere about this. There's nothing in print about it, but uh, it's it's the case. It's really kind of strange how it's all being handled. So, uh... From my understanding, I don't, I don't want to get too in the woods on it because uh, I don't know what the family's comfortable with, but uh, this is not something that happened this month. This, this is something that happened back in November, and oh, a lot shit. of people don't know about it. A lot of people are just completely um, clueless to the fact that uh, he's gone, even if they're like friends of his. It's very, very inner circle, but there was nothing um, published about his death, and that's strange. That's very strange. So I don't know. I hope we get some more information um, aside from like – what what's been gleaned already and honestly the dude in his very short career he had such energy and talent i keep saying that word energy but it's true um you know he deserves to be commemorated for his work you know criterion channel literally like tweeted one minute after i was like buddy was great da, 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 da. they were like check out good time on the criterion channel it's like i mean perfect timing but like nobody knows I thought I, I thought I read something about November because I've been looking for news too, and I thought I saw something in November, but oh, uh, there's a tweet from November thirtieth from a guy called Scott Galley on an A twenty four film group saying, "For fans of Good Time in here, it's with great sadness that I announce the passing of my good friend Buddy Duress, who started opposite of Robert Pattinson in that film and opposite of Kevin Landry Jones in Heaven Knows What. Is that guy called a guy called Scott Galley? Yeah, G A. Yeah, that's that's where okay. a lot of the information has come out of. Uh, he's apparently only... a close friend of Buddy's, which was verified, and um, I got a lot of secondhand evidence, like text conversations and whatnot, of um, that that confirm that. So it it all lined up. Well, how, do you feel the pressure now? For no, I don't. I not really at this no. point. Like I was trying to figure out what to even say on Instagram and and all that. But uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like somebody close to his family or whatever has to like say something about it. You know, it's not 
right that somebody that talented just get brushed under the rug in their death. Mm. That's my feeling. Yeah. No, I mean, there's definitely been actors of lesser talent and renown that you uh, you hear about it. There's like, you know, it's not a, yeah, it doesn't go unnoticed. So it's, it's very weird to me. The first time uh, I worked with Buddy, <clears throat> that was like, I think it was like within a week of him getting out of Rikers back in 2020. I remember for the longest time, it was very touch and go because I was writing him while he was in prison. And I was like, I think we might have Buddy. Maybe we'll have Buddy. Buddy stopped writing. Oh, wait, Buddy's out of prison. Like, it was just this abrupt thing. He hit me up on New Year's Eve and he was like, yo, Jay, it's Buddy. I'm out of prison. You know, let's link up. It was like a whole year because I wrote the role in Mass State Lottery with him in mind. I was like, I got to get this guy. And then I find out, oh, he's actually locked up. He's going to be locked up for a while. It was a very hot and cold situation in the lead up where I was like, Austin, I think we got Buddy. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I remember that. It was like there, there was all that back and forth. And I mean, obviously, I was like super excited to, you know, meet him and uh, work with him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember he showed up. He was wearing like a, was a football jersey or something like that. Yeah, and I didn't know what to expect because you know he's obviously like this, you know, kind of tough dude, street urchin guy. Um, but he was like incredibly sensitive, uh, largely like soft spoken. Um. You know, he didn't really seem like he would like, you know, hurt a flea, that kind of guy. So that was the that was the first time uh working with him and like all those shots were just really fun and uh you know, I remember he just had these like very sort of concise observations about life and different situations that were just yeah, I mean I guess they were sort of beautiful in their own way. He took a while to, I think ease into uh his sort of buddy dress personality that you would know from on screen i i feel like that was maybe brought out more by a larger crowd because i feel like when buddy was acting um as uh your your i mean just to spoil something here so buddy has two roles in mass state lottery when he was playing your brother i feel like he was a bit more reserved and uh handled himself kind of uh in in this subdued manner and then when we picked up with him later on you know it was more of the uh uh buddy duress persona it was just like entertainment you know and uh just like the life of the set uh, yeah i think that was a contributing factor and i mean it was also like this is his first week out of prison yeah that's a big thing too so he was definitely like still acclimating um so he had you know the first day shooting he definitely had like some uh yeah just nerves he was more quiet more uh subdued and then you know the the second shoot we did uh yeah that was more buddy like you know as we know him. something that uh i didn't anticipate is how humble he was and how it was almost like second like it it didn't even occur to him that he was in this massive movie with Robert Pattinson. Like he didn't like conduct himself in that way. You, like far from it to the yeah. point where like, you know, I remember um, he was over my place and he was um, 
We're talking about uh, building a dating profile. Like he wanted to get back on the market and shit like that. And he was like, yeah, I guess I could like take a selfie or something. I could do, do this type of photo. I was like, dude, you have like professional GQ modeling photos you can put up on your fucking Tinder. Um, like yeah. it just wasn't in his head to be like, I should utilize my fame in that way. Yeah, It was just like, no. oh, and, and the, the dichotomy of that of I'm going to go live like street life, basically. I'm going to go do this and that. Oh, and then I guess like this weekend I can act in a movie. That sort of back and forth is just, I don't know, it's its wild to me, you know, but that's how you get that type of unique individual. Well, I think that's how you could tell that he's not, like he's like a person that's completely outside of, I guess, the film world thing. Because uh, I've known some, like, entry-level actors whose head gets huge just because they play background on something or oh, something yeah. like that. And, and... It's funny when you hear them talk like they're, I don't know, top bill on something and they don't even have like a speaking role on whatever they're working uh, on. And then uh, it's impossible to talk to them just because their ego won't let them realize that they're, you know, not that important, an actor that's starting. Uh, and with someone like him where he's he's very recognizable and, and uh, he's been in a couple. I mean, obviously. He wasn't in this in this gigantic mainstream movie or whatever. But for people that live in that film world, like we do, he's like a, a, a an interesting figure, I guess, for him to just be very regular and very whatever. I think it's it makes him more more of a person that what you usually get from from actors that work or that that appear on on successful movies like like he did. That's something that is maybe one of the root lacking. Um, elements with many actors these days. I think it was very prominent in the 70s and, and early 80s where people who might not enter that world of film were scooped up because of their authenticity and directors recognize, oh, if you sprinkle that element in, it's really going to heighten what the artistic piece that you're working on is. And, uh, you know, he was the real deal. So there, you don't get that sort of New York flavor anymore in any real sense. So... Uh, it's it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. You know, another story. <clears throat> so for that second shoot, it was me and I can't remember. Was it the PA that we had? We had to go pick him up, right? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Um, that was uh, Mike McSweeney. That was Mike. Yeah. So he was yeah. essentially the PA for that shoot. Yeah, but he's worked yeah. as a special effects supervisor and assistant for uh, Spencer Desmond of death curse for many years so yeah so uh mike and i we you know we had to drive over to where he was is it queens um and so we get there and you know mike's a little bit nervous because he's like you know who is this dude and, uh you know we give him a call he comes out and like see buddy's like austin i'm like buddy he, you know he runs up gives me a hug uh you know we're in the car just you know talking about stuff and you know life and acting and uh he really had like this super deep love and appreciation for acting and like the art involved with it and he's like man if i could just be acting every day or if i could just be doing that for work like i'd be happy after he had gotten out of prison this time around he had a harder time 
uh, acclimating back into that film world. Whereas, even though he was bouncing in and out of jail, it seemed like he still had a pretty consistent stream of films that he was acting in while he was out. Like, I know he was in Funny Pages, which came out in 2022, and that was a pretty small role. It was produced by the Safties. And that was probably the last thing that I had uh, noticed him in. And there was nothing updated on, like, IMDb that he was featured in. It's just been this project. So, uh, you know, why people didn't take more of an opportunity to try and scoop him up, I don't know. I think that probably relates more to his agent uh, dropping him when something happened. It was before it was before the bank robbery in 2019. But they, they dropped him for some reason. And like I said before, a guy like that is very hard to get a hold of. Now, I was fortunate in that I, I wrote Buddy, but then I found out Buddy actually only lives like 20 minutes from me. Buddy is a 15-minute walk, which was pretty mind-blowing, pretty crazy. So it, it was a lot of good fortune and luck there. You know, I certainly did not take for granted my time uh, spent with him and getting to know him. Uh, there were plenty of interesting stories that he, he had uh, just casually drop in the middle of conversation. Like, I remember going over his house, and uh, he kept calling the dog Buddy. I was like, Buddy's calling his dog Buddy. Like, is that just like, is he just like, hey, pal? I was like, hold on. Is your dog's name also Buddy? He was like, oh, I actually took my name from the dog. So just things like that um, no. you would pick up from him and. It, it was always a, a, a treat and a surprise and chaotic energy, chaotic good for the yeah. most part, you know, but, uh, you know, had, you had to take, uh, you had to take the whole package, the good with the bad with this guy. Like I know with Mike, Mike, who you were talking about, hates driving around New York City. He despises it, makes him <laughs> so uncomfortable. And then you're you're bringing this new element in here and on the way out, because you still had more acting to do. Um, That's right. Yeah, we were we were crashing at the film set, and we were just like, "Let's get the most out of this place." You're going back to California. We get to shoot. Let's just shoot everything we could possibly even potentially need. I remember, uh, you know, Mike. It was his responsibility to drive Buddy back, and he was by himself. I don't think Spencer was with him or anything. And Mike is a very like shy, kind of quiet guy, so just the opposite of Buddy. And uh, Buddy tells him halfway, he's like, actually, I got to go to the Bronx. You mind dropping me off in the Bronx? <laughs> We're in uh, Hollis, Queens. The Bronx is like Astoria, where he was living before, was already pretty far, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. The Bronx, the Bronx is going to be like an hour car ride. And, um, you know, this isn't like great set conduct or anything, but uh, Buddy had taken one of the bottles of alcohol with him as well and uh was downing it in the passenger seat i guess while mike was driving him back and as soon as he got out of the car and again mike's just randomly somewhere in the bronx fucking buddy smashes the bottle on the curb and then says thank you and parts ways and mike is just like what the fuck <laughs> what, what have i gotten myself into so there's there's a lot of buddy stories a lot i can't share on this podcast for some reasons but um uh always always a very interesting time working with that guy yeah 
I don't. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. I never met him. So I'm kind of like, yeah, he sounded just cool. make, You should just make up a story. Know, yeah. Like, yeah, he loaned yeah, you 600 oh. bucks when oh. you needed it most. You weigh in here, Hans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, he he looked cool in those photos with you guys. Like, that's <laughs> as much as I can contribute, really. Hey, it looked like you guys had fun. Yeah. That sounds like something Buddy would do. A guy that I've never, I never met. You know. I still want to see that one take. It was on the film camera that Spencer had of just me and Buddy just spitballing. Just improvise. Yeah, yeah. That's that's still out there. And I was so pissed we didn't have it on the digital. We only had it on the film. Well, the thing about the... So Spencer had brought his... I think it was like a 16-millimeter, 8-millimeter film camera and shot the same time that um, we were doing a lot of takes. Spencer was just like, can I just get a take and film? I was like, absolutely, you can course the thing about that too though is also like it's a very noisy thing so it was like okay well we can't do it simultaneously yeah so uh we allowed that and spencer still has that somewhere that will that will turn up at some point i mean now would be a damn good time It'd be a really good turn time. Yeah. yeah but i will admit like this this whole thing and like I, obviously the dude's life and everything is um paramount comes first it's it's made me certainly think like oh you know I joked about it at the beginning, like, fuck, I have the last Buddy Duress performance. And now it's made me think, well, should I, like, throw more of him in the movie? And I talked to Jake Hanrahan about this. And he was like, no, just handle that performance like you would if he was alive. And I think that's very good advice. But I do intend to share a lot of behind-the-scenes shit, like videos and things of that matter. Um at some point because there, there there's probably a lot of nuggets in there there's a lot that exists in terms of media i mean right here on my wall for example i've had this up for like every episode of the podcast is me buddy at the end of that last day because it was just such a treat and he looks fucking terrifying and ridiculous here if i can just pull it because we put him i watched uh i started researching this movie that was never released but is actually going to be released this year called the day the clown cried and i was so obsessed with this movie for a while i was like we're gonna dress buddy up like the clown in this movie we've got a photo here he tried he tried to take the makeup off his face with water and it selectively came off and he wound up leaving with basically a, a white beard from the clown grease paint and um very heavy eyebrows i mean actually his eyebrows were already very He's, thick yeah. as it was. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, yeah, was, he was like, like oh, like hey, am I going to have time to get my eyebrows tweezed before the shoot? I was like, you tweeze your eyebrows. He's got like ventriloquist doll eyebrows, very thick. Yeah. I think what, I think what Jake said is right, though. Like, don't like turn it into the Buddy Duress movie, you know, <laughs> just by adding more of him. But if you're able to just release like behind the scenes or special features or whatever with him in it, I think that would be more appreciated than if you turn it into, oh, now there's half an hour of whatever scene we can get with Buddy. No, you know? no. Uh, I, listen, I, at the end of the day, the art piece of it, not to be uh, pretentious, it exists on its own, separate of any of us or our egos, you know? So, uh, no, of course. I mean, I it was, it was really a split second thought of like, well, fuck, this is it. Maybe not. Maybe there's like a secret movie out there. He acted. That would be cool. That would be surprising. Um, but No, uh, no, he wouldn't. I'd rather have <laughs> I mean, the last one. <laughs> no, no one else. No. 
Wow. The security camera footage doesn't count. Yeah. I was speaking purely as a fan of Buddy Durez. I, like, I, I've literally said before, like, I would love to see a hundred movies with that guy as like a main character or one of the main supporting characters. So, um, yeah, it, I don't know. It just sucks. What can you really say about it? Yeah, I'm not good. I'm not good. <laughs> no, you are not. Anytime, anytime there's like and a serious thing happening, Hans no. reverts to, well, uh. You know what happens? And my girlfriend complains about it all the time. Whenever there's something that's like real or serious, I I try to think of like the most ridiculous joke I can make about it. And it never makes anything better. So I've learned to just not do that anymore. Yeah. So it's all just my so it's just bouncing fighting around against each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, no, no. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I didn't meet the guy. So I don't know. There's not really a lot that I can say other than. Well, lucky for you oh with God. the new 30 minutes of Buddy Duress footage, I'm going to CG you into acting with him. It was yeah. me. Now it's going to be you. So um, no, maybe with uh, Sora AI. No, we're not going to do that. Right. We're not going to do that. Remove no. 30 minutes of my performance to have more of him. Yeah. We're pretty much going to like replace every actor with the scenes that we have from him and just mm. replay that scene with every actor. And that's going to be. The yeah, well, that, that'll be the movie now. Yeah. That'll be the full 90 minutes of Mass State. So, I mean, uh, this would be a good opportunity for anyone to go check out Buddy's filmography if they haven't before, because he is a one-of-a-kind actor. Heaven knows what, good time, very underrated uh, on the yeah. whole, and he shines in those movies. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, like, heaven knows what, like, that was his first, right? I think so. I think yeah. so. He was in Funny Pages. Wasn't yeah, he, he was in we Funny Pages as well. Yeah. Not that was long that, ago. Was that before? No, that was after, that was well after. Mm. That was a 2022 release, 22. but he had shot his scenes. See, Funny Pages, to my understanding, took many years to shoot. It was a four or five year production for Funny Pages. So you okay. see him in that movie, and uh, he was a lot skinnier than when we were working with him on Mass State Lottery. So you can you can tell that was before 2019 or so that they were shooting that. Yeah, with um, with heaven knows what it's just you know being his first movie. There's like a lot of little technical things that we kind of take for granted, like as viewers that like actors have to do, right? So like one example is like there's a scene he gets like a like a throwing star thrown and like stuck in his hand, right? And then like that's a pain impediment. It's like well, how do you make that look real because like they didn't actually throw like a bunch of razor blades into his hand but like he convincingly did that it's like like that pain impediment and there's all these like little technical things that usually take actors like quite a while to like rehearse practice and like get good with that he just does like right off the bat good time is definitely the most fun performance from him but i think heaven knows what is definitely the most grounded and um agreed maybe his best performance as an actor also i wasn't a fan of this movie personally but flinch he's very good in flinch as well which had a hans favorite as the lead of that tom segura i don't know i feel like uh mass state lottery was probably his best performance <laughs> i love how big of a company man you've been on this episode <laughs> just making sure to promote it all costs um and i'm you know trying to fucking promote i want to quit my job i just I just want to, you know, just uh, us, uh, Safdie brothers. Who, who are they? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? 
so true. So true. Well, here's another little piece of trivia here for uh, Buddy's acting. He was uh, taught by Clark Middleton. Clark Middleton mm. uh, is not a name you would probably recognize off the top of your head, but he was mm. in Twin Peaks The Return and Snowpiercer. He's got a very distinct look. Hans, if you want to look this guy up real quick, um, that was his acting coach, which is very unusual. But um, similar, very unique character here. Hans, what could you possibly be laughing about right now at a time like this? Do you have any Clark Middleton stories? That you I can don't. Share? I never met Clark Middleton. I don't know if I'd want to meet <laughs> okay. Clark Middleton personally. Well, it's it's very difficult to u- utilize. No, what's the word? You. Eulogize. You were, you eulogy. Right. Yeah. You eulogize. I was. I was close. I mean, I'm talking about you guys. I didn't even spend any time with him, and I'm just like, oh, well, it sucks that someone died. I don't know what. To, I don't know what to say about someone that I've never met. But uh, but yeah, uh, I'm a. I'm a. If if I want to be selfish, I'm glad that we got a, a performance for Masilori, especially because I've seen a couple of cuts of it, and he's very good in it. It sucks that he wasn't able to get like his shit together and, you know, realize the opportunity that he had with his talent. But I guess he wouldn't be the first one to do something like that. You know, he was battling a couple of addictions, to my understanding, uh, or it certainly seemed like. And he, when he initially had gotten out of uh, prison, he had some weight on him. You know, it was a very distinct, healthy sort of look for him, which is not what people were used to with, with buddy. Like I met him and I was like, what is, I got that and I got a beard and I got glasses and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? But unfortunately he couldn't keep that up. It is, um, deeply unfortunate at the end of the day. And, uh, I feel grateful that we got to work with him. I think it's awesome that, um, he took on the role and he was interested in the movie and that I got, uh, to work with him as an actor and hang out with him. Uh, off the set as well and just pick his brain and get stories and uh, I know you feel the same Austin it's very sad it's very unfortunate to see that sort of caliber of talent just get washed it's sort of one of those things where like I don't know it's like you just got this incredible sensitivity that when you meet him like you have to it has to be like acknowledged because it's so you know, in your face, like vulnerable and unique. And so it's more about like the recognition of like that passing. And uh, I mean, he lived in a big way that's not ordinary. And uh, you can't really even compare, uh, like let's say if me or Jay made the same decisions that he did, it's just not the same because like his frame of reference is it's it's different, you know. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what to say at this point. To be honest with you, it's a it's a weird vibe for the show, of course, because it's a sad and uh, tragic instance. I I will say, someone just commented "pig ladder" on Instagram. Asked, was he vaxxed? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Come on. I think we can yeah. probably closed <laughs> i i think we can probably... i'm so sorry i don't think i've been any helpful at all at this point, but i'm just like i'm so i feel so uncomfortable because i yeah i never interacted with the guy and i'm kind of just like i don't i don't mean 
he's very talented. He's very good in what you recorded. That's all I know from him. So I'm kind of just kind of like, it sucks. But you're okay, Hans. Yeah. You're okay. I feel I feel like a little bit of responsibility (laughs) here. I'm just like, ah, well, I didn't meet him. No, don't worry. You'll carry the weight when uh, Jerry passes away from his bowel obstructions or whatever the hell he's got going on with him. So was it Chico Jerry? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I got a piece of his colon on my keychain after he's We'll passing. wear it as a necklace. Yeah. We'll all get a yeah, piece yeah. of it in the mail. It'll be like uh, the Lucky Seven and it. Oh, my good. God. Yeah. See, I can't make these jokes about Buddy because I never met him, but I know Jerry wouldn't mind if I have a piece of his intestine in my keychain. <laughs> no, Jerry's healthy these days, I think. Okay, I don't know. He was... Good. He was uh, getting a lot of operations done on his intestines, but I think he's okay now. I think. Who knows? Yeah. Shout out Jerry and his intestines. Hope he's doing well. <laughs> um, all right. We can we can button things up on that note. Austin, I know this is kind of just like an impromptu weird thing to hop on to, but I'm glad you did. And uh, I think it was good to have someone who acted with him in so yeah. many different scenes and, and worked with him and got to talk with him. Uh, would also be able to get involved with this episode since obviously Hans is very third world. Yeah, I think we would, it would be cool to have you again on um, B-Bank just so that we can chat without having a movie uh, in particular, like as a focus, Uh, because I think you can give us a perspective from like an actor's perspective that we don't really think about because i mean i don't consider myself an actor and i'm sure loris doesn't either even though we've acted uh but yeah this one's a bit of an awkward one for me just because i'm kind of like oh well yeah yeah <laughs> no i mean I'd, I'd like to you know come back and talk about happier things yeah sure. we'll definitely yeah. have you back on under better <laughs> circumstances there's no question about it uh and it's been a minute since you were on movies a long and time. uh I think the the memory of movies is what was fucking Cisco drunk or something and mouthing off that episode. Fuck that guy, fuck yeah, him. Yeah, I yeah. was I was so not ready to like deal with that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy going on about? I know, like, it, was that his, his attitude like was. Too, right? Let's let's be real, real yeah. quick. His attitude was fucking one eightied from like the humble nice guy on set when he was had to step up as well. I'm the James Dean expert. Yeah, it's like how sad is that too, right? Like if you're uh, like trying to really trying to wanna, big dick uh, in a fucking conversation, like what is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, take it easy. You don't have to be the guy, yeah, <laughs> especially when you know the alpha is his ex-wife. Am I right? Oh, oh, oh. oh my god, that was seizing. We'll get you on to uh, to talk shop and and get into a bunch of either entertainment stuff or acting stuff. So that'll be yeah. Don't yeah, awesome. Like that'd be awesome. Talk about anything whatsoever. I've been going on like a Tarkovsky kick right now, and nice Lanthimos. So, oh, I've been doing that a lot. I'm very lonely right now because my girlfriend is in the other side of the world for work. So I've been watching a lot of very like long, lonely man movies. <laughs> I feel like Tarkovsky has like five of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's kind of the king of that. Incredible, incredible movies. I got myself some tickets for an eight-hour movie called Our Hitler, a film from Germany. And I Mm. only found out right after purchasing that my theater date, unfortunately, will not be available. 
So I'm going to see an eight hour Hitler movie by myself in the theater. Nice. Yeah. Some koshers. <laughs> who would, who would agree to, to go on a date with you to an eight hour movie about Hitler? <laughs> Said, no, thank you. I'm going to California during that time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she could get out here, visit, and come back before you're even before the movie's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to wrap the show up on that note. And Austin, thank you again for hopping on again, such short notice, impromptu. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. And that's been the episode.